podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Sergi Carroll has scored the first goal of the Premier League season! Hello and welcome back to the Elin Road podcast, a podcast for Brentford fans by Brentford fans. On today's episode, we will be reviewing the game against Leeds uh, just gone this Sunday. Um, I'd imagine this would be quite a short episode considering the quality of the game that we watched on Sunday. Uh, but we did get quite a few questions on the Griffin Park grapevine, so we'll discuss some of those. Uh, taking us through the game today will be Clayton and Tias. Clayton, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks yourself. Yeah, not too bad. Tias, how are you? Yeah, I'm much better than Sunday. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it was a miserable game, wasn't it? Uh, let's just let's just get straight into this uh, fairly uneventful game, as we've just said. Clayton, your thoughts on the performance and and the point? Um, bit subpar. It wasn't always going. We weren't going to play amazing every game, aren't we? Um, yeah, it was a bit frustrating. I don't think we were great. I think some players that played pretty much blind through every game, like Ben Mee. They had a bit of a subpar game. Um, Frank seemed quite happy with a point afterwards. I think I'm quite happy with a point. I think we probably could have lost that. They didn't have too many chances when mm. I looked back on it, but it felt during the game that we were under the cost quite a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take the point. TS, are you, are you echoing that? Yeah, 100% take the point. And uh, I think it's probably... You know, one of our better qualities this season that sometimes, you know, when we, we're not playing as well, we still don't lose. I mean, we'd only lost four games this season, which is actually pretty crazy. Like, halfway through the season, we're on track to maybe lose less than 10 games in a Premier League season, which is usually what a top four club loses in a whole season. So, I think, you know, get a point if you if you can't win. It's definitely the attitude to have. And even though they, you know, dominated spells of the game I was never really threatened too much I never really mm. felt like they were going to score even that Nonto chance in the second half from where I was stood I thought he was one-on-one -on -one and it was just like he should have scored but then I watched it back on the replay and Aya kind of pushes him out wide and even if he wants to come inside Aya's there so it wasn't as big a chance as I actually thought it was in, at the time yeah uh, I think it was a good save by Raya as well I thought um, yeah, must be right. said like you said, I think Leeds dominated in spells, but it was pretty balanced overall. No real clear-cut opportunities for either side. The ref <laughs> has gotten a lot of attention on the GPG. He was doing his best to interrupt the flow of the game at sort of every opportunity. I thought it was it was absolutely shocking. Um, like I said, a few questions on, on the GPG about... It, I think it was Peter Banks, wasn't it, that day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peter Banks. Um, Clayton, what, what did you make of, of, of his performance? He was atrocious, but... To be, be to be balanced, it was it was both ways. I'm not mm. gonna lie, because I do remember on numerous occasions, it was one time, uh, just by the byline, you could see it from on the other side of the pitch in the way that like I think it was Rico Henry, he basically stood on the ball and it went out for a throw in, and the ref gave us the ball. Um, it, it was definitely both ways, but yeah, he didn't do much to, in terms of letting the game flow and kind of that, I mean that foul on there, Tony. When we were on the counter, and he booked Tony, even though he was pulled down. Was that towards the end? Yeah, yeah, it was poor. 
felt like he was constantly trying to like um like he realized he'd made mistakes and he was trying to level it out constantly or, mm -hmm. do you remember when norgard was down for a couple minutes and he didn't even get a foul for that and then once he was back up three minutes later there was just an absolute nothing challenge on norgard and he gives him a free kick and it just felt like these little moments where he was trying to say sorry for the mistake i'll level out here give you a soft free kick mm. There's two, two games on the trot we've had pretty poor referees. I remember Jared Gillett against Bournemouth. Me and, me and you talked about it, Clayton, on the last podcast. He wasn't he wasn't great. Um, just tactically-wise, from Leeds, um, I think the, the game could have gone either way. But I think more than that, I think yesterday was a bit... Uh, not yesterday, Sunday was a bit of a reflection of maybe us not being suited to playing a team like Leeds. We couldn't break their press, like, at all. And I kind of remember... So, not, not that we, in that game that we played when we beat them 5-2, not that we were... Not that we were a worse team than Leeds because we definitely weren't, but I didn't think the scoreline was probably the scoreline probably flattered us. I thought, especially when it was two nil, um, and they got back, they got it back to two one. But I thought, I thought that the scoreline definitely flattered us, and we weren't really able to beat their press on Sunday. I thought Whistle was okay when he came on, um, but what would you think? Is it just sort of a case that sometimes when we play teams that are a high pressing team, we can't really get out from the back to either of you? Yeah, I think I think we really struggled, but I think they, to be fair to Leeds, um, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, that's quite a hard thing to say, but credit where credit's due. Um, to be fair to Leeds, like they just they just looked very organised, very well set up. Um, was it Cock at centre back? He absolutely pocketed Tony, like mm. completely pocketed him. Like he was all over him, and he got a lot of fouls just being absolute pansy, just diving all over the place. Um, but there was so, like he kind of did it in the right way, where he only gave a few fouls away during the game. I don't think, well, he may have got booked for it eventually in the second half. Um, but he kind of just wound up Tony, and Tony ended up dropping deep, which is probably their plan. So it kind of fell into their hands, and yeah, they pressed high, pressed me a lot. He, he kind of struggled with that. So I think yeah, they were set up well, and we struggled with it. Yeah, uh, there was a question. I think it was from Randello on. Shout out to Randello on the GPG. Asked uh, if Fra we thought Frank was too cautious with his subs. Um, I didn't. I thought I thought Wissa was quite lively, and it was positive substitution. It was a like for like swap. Uh, also, I thought Janelt did quite well when he came on. Uh, did either of you manage to get around to reading that article that I, sh I shared on the uh, on the Elam Road Twitter? It was about um, an interview with Ben Mee in the Telegraph. Yeah, yeah I read that. Yeah, he's basically talking about how. Frank, he goes into every game wanting to win it. it doesn't matter who we're playing, um, and he's really positive with the substitution. So I actually thought the substitutions were okay on on Sunday, as they have been all season. Um, I want to talk about De Silva because me and you praised him. Up... Go on. Yeah, sorry. I was at, in terms of subs, just quickly, I remember uh, saying near the end of the game um, that like noted we only made two. Was that like the case? Did we only make two subs in the game? Did we make a final one near the end? No, it's just I think that's what people are alluding to, wasn't it? It was just whistling. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so I guess formation. that's maybe what the cautiousness people are kind of a bit questionable. But I think, um, especially if you're at the game, it did feel like we were under the caution, kind of just trying to get that point and maybe score a goal on the break, which we maybe could have done in the last fifteen. Yeah, but it seemed like um, I mean, we were talking before. That bench is worth about seventy million on on Sunday, which is crazy. So they're they're crazy, all crazy, attackers, crazy. though, and exactly we, we don't really we can't just bring on all our attackers because I think the only changes further we could have made was to go three up top, but then you're taking someone out of the midfield 
and we were already struggling in the midfields as it was with three midfielders so you can't just drop to two no and exactly and I, I don't know if it was the kind of game we were going to switch to four at the back late on when we were kind of happy with the point I guess yeah mm. I agree I think like Hickey was on the bench but he was coming back from fitness and then all other kind of players Downs got KLP Sharder they're like still getting integrated into the team kind of quite lively atmosphere at Ellen Road so Frank Carl just made the decision you know what we'll take the point I don't want to put anyone out here that um that might not live up to the occasion but one thing I was thinking during the game as it went on as as much I think I might be sticking your thunder a bit here Mike because I think you might be about to say it but it's De Silva we've been raving about him and then he um yeah anonymous kind of was a bit lackluster and not at the races Mm. And there were people arguing about it on Twitter, which is a bit ridiculous. I mean, he's allowed a bad game. But I th- my kind of thought was more, should he have actually just started in the first place? A kind of game like that where you're getting pressed really high. We kind of, mm. in the first half, were losing every single second ball. Um, they were just much more on it. You know it wins those second balls. Like, he, he, I would have started him. Yeah. yeah no, it was I, a nice game, was it? Nah. But it's a shame because I thought we had a blinder against Bournemouth. We talked about it in the last pod. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't the only one that was off it on Sunday. Uh, another question from the GPG. We talked about the strength of the bench. Uh, I think it was Randello again asking the question how to keep everyone happy. Uh, we mentioned that we've got seventy millions worth, seventy million pounds worth of players on the bench: Damsgaard, KLP, Sharda, Godos. We didn't bring on Godos because of <laughs> I think Frank might have learned from the horror show from when he brought him on against Spurs and completely changed the game. Um, any shouts to us to keep to keep everyone happy on that bench? Damsgaard, Damsgaard is the one that kind of stands out to me considering we've had him since the start of the season. Uh, thank God Will's not on tonight because uh, we probably would have had another meltdown from him. <laughs> but what do you reckon, T.S.? How, how's, how's it? We're out of both cups now, so it's difficult to give these players, like the fringe players, game time. Until we're playing 4-3-3 regularly again, I don't think you can because you can only really make one sub up front in the game and that's to take a Wemo off because there's no like for like Tony change and Tony rarely comes off unless you know it's Bournemouth the other week and we're winning 2-0 so and then you've got Lewis Potter, Damsgaard, Wissa and Sharda all basically the same position all on the bench and you can only bring one of them on per game so unless we're playing 4-3-3 you simply just can't keep them all uh, regularly playing. Yeah. Uh, another question, obviously good to have Aaron Hickey back on the bench. He's played some minutes for the B team. Um, he's going to be a real boost coming back, especially because I, don't, I, haven't, I, I didn't have a good game against Bournemouth. Um, I don't think he had a good, that great a game against Leeds, but as I just said, I don't think anyone did. But um, Hickey being back will be a real boost to the squad. I thought at the start of the season he was looking really, really good. Um, and Arsenal were after him anyway, so you can tell that he's a bit of a prospect. But there would definitely be a boost. I did feel sorry. I uh, do feel quite sorry for Mads Rosalev because he's kind of just gonna. He's just gonna be become a squad player again, um, even though he's is, done. Is he though? What you reckon? He do, keep team. Did he impress you that much at the start of the season? I thought. I thought he was quality great against United. <laughs> I thought he was good, but Rosalev's not playing badly. Like he's playing well. Like. He, he, he knows his limitations. He doesn't get too far forward, and he like he just does his job. Like he's been so much better. Like we, I go back to all the time that Forest podcast. I absolutely slated him. And like, he's just so standard, though. We're never going to progress <laughs> with a player like Ruslev. Yeah, like, right. I feel like he has that extra level in him where we could actually push forward. Ruslev is like a you know was Canos in the Championship. 
it wasn't that bad, but we're never gonna. Well, we did mm. get promoted with him somehow, but it's a good shout. You're never gonna. Yeah, yeah. You're never gonna progress. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're right. You're right, TS. You're right. Uh, speaking of Canos, not in the not in the squad. Did you see uh, what Frank said in his pre-match presser that he just didn't think that uh, Canos trained well enough to to warrant a place in the in the squad? Well, I didn't see that actually. Yeah, no, he was at work. About the tweet. Yeah, someone asked him about the tweet, and he said something like, uh, "Players players can tweet what they want nowadays, but the the matter of the fact is that he just didn't train well enough in the week. Um, not covered himself in glory with the with those tweets, has he? <laughs> if, if uh, yeah, we haven't discussed this... that, have we? No, we haven't. Leaving this barber, he's off to Valencia, isn't he? So that's yeah. the reason. Great <laughs> <laughs> source. But then, yeah, we haven't. We... Go on. Have you seen the the Raya agent? What he posted earlier? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, that's don't like don't like the look of that. For so anyone that doesn't know, yeah. yeah, he posted on his Instagram story um, a picture of him and David Raya saying like big things coming, like after a meeting or something. No. So, <laughs> No, yeah, that what you will. Maybe sign a new contract with us. Do you see they po- the Brentford? Uh, I think it was the Instagram posted like a video of, and it looked like the same as when Jensen signed his contract. A video of him like talking about his greatest saves and whatever. So mm. I thought for a second this is you know the rare contract signing, uh, you know promotional video. But I never really um, accepted that he's going to go after he did. When I can't remember when it was that he did that interview where he said that he has aspirations to play in the Champions League. It might have been before the season. He's said it a lot of times. Yeah. Um I've kind of already come to terms with the fact that he's gonna go and he is he is a fantastic keeper, so I wouldn't be I don't think there'd be any hard feelings. I think he's a, a level above well, for now at least. Um, where do you, where do you think he might go, Mike? Where do where, where do we think he could go? Spurs, isn't it? He's a Larice replacement. Isn't Larice supposed to be heading back to France? Yeah, I feel <laughs> Yeah, he definitely he definitely suits Spurs um, with his with his passing range, and he, um, he's he's less of a liability than Lloris is. And we I had this conversation with a few of my mates. Um, I would say other than Edison, he's I would say David Ray is definitely up there with the best goalkeeper in the goalkeepers in the league in terms of his distribution. Um, but he does he does have he does have a mistake in him. I can think of, off the top of my head the one against Newcastle was quite bad, and there's been there's been others as well. But that's I guess that's just a product of playing out from the back in general. Um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't speak about Canos. Tias, we we'll get your your take on on the tweet uh, if if you could. God, uh, I do feel a bit bad for him to be honest because <laughs> it seems like one of those things where everyone has kind of hated Canos, but for no particular like, there's not really been a reason other than him being <laughs> you know not fantastic in parts. And that tweet felt when you read all the replies and everything, it it seemed like. He'd finally done something wrong, so people had a reason <laughs> to lash out at him with like justification. So that felt that felt like you know two years, three years worth of pent up Canos anger, uh, all taken out on him. It just, it, I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. Let's let's put no. it that way. He needs a social media manager. He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, I did get one of the questions a bit a bit more for the tacticians i guess whoever's listening <laughs> um someone asked about if a 4 formation is the formation to play if we are to be beaten by another team um and i had a quick look at the games we've lost of which there are only four which you mentioned at the start ts the games we've lost have all come against teams that have played a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3 but they're kind of interchangeable these days um but frank does tend to kind of switch the formation with regards to who we're playing 
So against Arsenal, Villa and Newcastle, we played a back five. They all started with a four. Apart from Villa, I think they started with a five and they beat us. And against Fulham, we went four at the back. They went four at the back, we went four at the back. Um, I guess I guess there is an argument to say that with those three playing behind the striker, in the in, if their team's attacking us, there is a there is a chance for them to get into those pockets. And I think definitely definitely Ben Mee is someone that could get it done for pace. And our midfield doesn't have that much pace anyway. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that kind of question? It's definitely... I think definitely... also having four attackers in a four-two-three-one means you've got more people pressing our back line. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's, that's pro- that might... And we felt that against Leeds, you know, we felt the pressure instantly because they had quite a lot of attackers coming out of our defence and you know maybe there's something in that yeah, yeah Arsenal we couldn't get our own half um, same thing it's like you think about it formation wise like we're trying to play out with the back three with like the said that's quite wide and the full back on that side pushed up but if you've got the striker kind of pressing with the three in behind then you can kind of close down a lot of passing lanes and then still have two midfielders behind them to kind of stop any out ball as well so it, it does kind of counter it quite well that's just football, isn't it? Like every formation's got a kryptonite. Yeah, uh, but maybe exactly. it's a case of switching it up a bit if people get a bit wise to it. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of agree with the tactics Frank takes when he's matching matching up the formations or whatever whatever they're going for. Um, I'm looking forward to to playing Fulham at home to try and get revenge. You see, it's been moved to Monday night. Disgusting. Disgusting <laughs> if that is. No, I can't <laughs> prefer a weekend. Friday night would have been an ideal. Friday night would be good. Monday. Yeah. Is- it's just a drag as well. You have to wait all weekend, like for the football. Hmm. It's, oh, it's not ideal, is it? Yeah, it builds up, builds up the uh, the hype around the fixture, though. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a good cracker. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, at the time, it will probably be decent under the lights. You know, March maybe it'll be a bit warmer then. Sun will be out during the day. <laughs> 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 Uh, we've got we got a question about Tony's performance, uh, specifically the fact that Raya was targeting him and he was ducking out the way a lot. Uh, Clayton, we talked about this, if you remember on the last pod, about how at the start of the season, Tony tended to jump up for the headers and win them. Um, and he'd win them nine times out of ten. And it's some at some point, he started to do this tactic where he kind of leans into the defender and tries to take it down. But he, did, he didn't do that with great success. Like you said, Cock pocketed him pretty well, I thought. Um, are we just put, chalking this down to an off day for him? Yeah, I think um, it's a rarity, but it does have his off days. Especially, I think thinking back to previous performances, it's when he he kind of loses that aerial duel on a consistent basis. He gets a bit frustrated. Um, and he starts kind of picking up in midfield, and he, he's not he's no Harry Kane. Doesn't have the, quite the playmaking ability, so it mm. never goes too well. Um, so yeah, I think I'd chalk it down to kind of good defending. Got frustrated. Got got a bit a bit arsy and kind of stopped doing the job yeah I think uh, Leeds just matched up matched up quite well against us all over the pitch to be honest didn't really expect it either I was really pissed off because I've said how excited I was for the game I broke dry January for the game right I haven't drank the whole of Jan and I was like right I'm just gonna just for the Leeds game I have a few pints before the game because I'm really excited for it uh, and it was an illness. Was, was it just a few I did say afterwards <laughs> it was a few it was three or four but uh yeah, no, that's <laughs> proper anticlimax. Uh, Clayton, you wanted to talk a bit about the speculation around Frank 
well speculation i'll put it with inverted commas because i don't well i think the there were just definitely just rumors there was i don't think there was a formal approach i think i've been seen on twitter yeah i think the clickbait accounts were saying uh approach and then kind of people more close to the club were saying that there was none of the such hmm. well it's like yeah the clickbait accounts were saying can't say it got rejected yeah, but we spoke more. about this before haven't we like it was like everton was one of those clubs we mentioned it's like oh would, would frank leave and i think the answer is no <laughs> um Categorically, I, everything, really? I don't know. Any manager must be insane to take on the Everton, Everton job right now. It's rotten, um, especially not Frank. Yeah. Who do you think they might get in? It's got to be Sean Dyche, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I Sean think Dyche. Not sure. I'm not sure the Everton fans yeah. would be too happy Big, with that. Big Sam. <laughs> <Run it back. laughs> if you could see Tias's face Actually, right there. <laughs> I don't really care. Actually, I don't know why. I'm scorning like it's Brentford we're talking about <laughs> pick Sam at Brentford can you imagine I like Everton but I would also love to see them go down <laughs> just for the videos of like the yeah. booing at Goodison Park <laughs> but then I do quite like Everton so you know there's that is, uh, is, is Bielsa still in the running for that no I don't think nah, so nah he told them to do one. Oh, fair enough <laughs> I would as well um, chaps apart from that I'd, I'd said that it was going to be quite a short podcast uh, apart from that if there's nothing else you wanted to talk about about the Leeds game we could wrap it up there to be fair uh, one more thing. Did you see the news about um, Chris Maguire? Uh, you got like a six-week ban for the betting. Oh, yes, I can see. A bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. So it, I think it was. I've got it up here. Got it? Six weeks yeah. for I think it was fifty-two bets. Yeah. Um, so our mathematicians on Twitter are kind of estimating a nice six-month stretch for Tony. <laughs> uh, Maybe that. there's there's like a, um, I don't know. Five bets is however many, then it goes to 20, and then once you pass 50, it's all the same. They can't account for 262, so maybe that's the same as 50. But oh, the, FA said, the FA said they treat every case as an independent case, so I mean, maybe we can use that to think he won't get as yeah. long. If, but... if he, he could really smartly like start a campaign around betting in football <laughs> and why how it's like really affects the players and you know he's wearing hollywood bets every weekend he like even if he doesn't think it if i'm like his agent i'm 100% like i'm getting that going now and tony becomes the face of like removing uh, gambling from football i mean come on There's got to be why is no one thinking about that in his team. I'm not sure to be fair. I, I've never I've never thought of it in that way before. I don't know if that's wishful thinking or if there's actually something in that. Um it depends it depends like I guess it depends on what the what the allegation if the allegations are correct. If he's just been placing bets and knowing that he shouldn't, then I guess there's no sort of there's no foundation to that argument. But yeah. like if, if he's actually if he's actually in the thick of it with a gambling problem, then there definitely is. Um but I guess it remains to be seen. Hopefully, hopefully we have him for a few more games. I think it's, it, it, they said that it could last until March, right? To to get through every case, yeah, independently. Allegedly, yeah. Okay. Well, have some wishful thinking to end the podcast. Uh, we will be back next. Oh, we won't be back next week actually because we don't have a game. But we have got a very special episode coming out this weekend. So Brentford don't have a game, but. If you check back on the Twitter this weekend, we will have a very special podcast with our first Eden Road guest. Um, so, yeah, that will do for today. Check back on the weekend for another episode. Clayton, thank you, mate. Cheers. And uh, TS, thank you very much. Nice one.
and we'll see you in the weekend. Podcast Network.